Some people are talking Colorado championship. Some are saying they're going to finish below 500. I'm going to tell you what a realistic expectation is for Deion Sanders in Colorado in year one on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borba. In today's episode, we have realistic expectations for Deion Sanders in Colorado. We have Deion Sanders in hot water already. It's only been a couple months. And then we also are going to discuss a little big Big 12 conference realignment that pertains to Colorado. But before we do so, um, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen of the day. And I also want to give a shout out to our sponsors over at FanDuel. Um, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Okay. I, I enjoy the excitement. I enjoy the happiness for the Colorado Buffs and where, where the program is headed to. Um, Deion Sanders has brought a lot of hype to the program. He's brought in the number one transfer class. He has a top 25 recruiting class. And I think we're, I think we're sipping the Kool-Aid a little too much over there in Boulder. Um, I talked about it on... I think it was last Friday, me and John discussed that there was a surge in people betting for a Colorado championship, not next, like not in two years, this next year. So the year after Georgia won their second, people are saying that Colorado is going to outduel Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia again, Texas, LSU, whoever it may be. They're they're calling for a Colorado championship. And while I enjoy the optimism, I applaud you for believing in your buffs after going one and 11 last year. And I think it's great that the fan base is that loyal. I think it's time to get real. Let's get realistic about what Colorado can achieve this next season. Okay. Because they have a very difficult schedule, top 30 in the country. Um, And according to some outlets, it's the toughest in the pac 12. So it is not a easy cakewalk by any means. So I myself will, I'm going to pull the Kool-Aid a little bit, pull the Kool-Aid away a little bit, and then we're going to discuss what we can expect. I got a fun shirt for a fun discussion. So let's do this. Um, up first, they obviously have TCU, which TCU has been favored by 17. I'm going to go through the schedule a little bit, and I'm going to identify the winnable games Um, I because I'll just get right to it. I think there's six games for sure that Colorado should win or has a very good chance of winning on their schedule this next season. So six games would mean they're going bowling, which I feel like that's a realistic expectation. Um, I feel like six or seven would be the ceiling um, unless something goes berserk and they're just absolutely tearing it up this next year. But I think right now, without seeing them play a realistic expectation for this Colorado team is six wins. Um, Let me go through their schedule and talk to you about the winnable games. I think TCU, despite TCU being a 17 and a half point favorite, they've lost a lot. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their best receiver. They lost their offensive coordinator. They lost their best defensive back. Um, I think they lost their running back as well. A lot of changes. Um, It was a senior heavy team this past year, and it's going to be a lot different. Colorado didn't have any issues with Chandler Morris. Um, last year when, before he was injured and Max Duggan came in, um, I don't know if they'll have issues with him again. I'll put that one as a maybe winnable games though. Nebraska, Nebraska is favored by seven. I think Colorado should, should have a very good chance to beat Nebraska, especially since it's the first game at home at Folsom field for Deion Sanders and the buffs. Then they host Colorado state a rivalry game, um, in-state rivalry. I think that's a win Arizona state and Stanford, both very winnable games in my opinion. Arizona State, that'll be a road game. Um, it'll actually be their first road game. And, well, they get to go at Oregon, USC, host USC, and then at Stan- 
excuse me, at Arizona State. And then they have Stanford. So I think that's a little back-to-back win action right there at Arizona State and Stanford. Then they get the bye week. Um, then they have UCLA and Oregon State. I think UCLA is a winnable game, um, if we're being honest. We don't know what their quarterback situa- situation is yet. Um, they lost a lot of key players. And then Arizona. I think Arizona is an up-and-coming program, but I think they're a beatable program, especially if they could force, excuse me, Jane Delore to turn the ball over a little bit, which he's prone to do. He's prone to do. He's a gunslinger. He will do it. Um, and then they have Washington State, which is on the road. I think that's a winnable game as well. Uh, Washington State's only projected to go 6-6. Six and six. Um, Colorado today, if you didn't see this on um, Athlon, where I do my writing for, about Colorado, Colorado's projected for four wins, which is um, only better than two win, two teams in the conference, Stanford being last, and then Cal, who Colorado doesn't get to play this year. But Washington State was only at six wins. Um, Arizona State was at seven. And I just think that realistically right now, just based on the skill set of the players that they brought in, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, Jordan Dominic, uh, Kavosia Smoke, um, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, all the transfers they brought in, all the recruits they brought in, Adam Hopkins and everyone in between, I think they have six wins in them. Um, I think it'll be difficult when they go up against the top of the conference because this is the toughest year to kind of predict what will happen in the Pac-12 because there are five, maybe even six legitimate contenders for not only the Pac-12 championship, there's at least five contenders for the Pac-12 championship and four or five that are or that have playoff hopes um, going into the heading into this next season. So I think Colorado, realistically, fans should be expecting anywhere from six wins. I think seven wins is great. Eight wins is like, hooray, we did it. Um, I don't know if a championship is going to, I doubt it's going to happen this year. But realistic expectations, six wins. You got a lot of new players, new coaching staff, and a very tough schedule. That just doesn't mix well. Um, I think they can overcome the four mark that they've been given by most outlets. But I do think that six wins, six to seven wins is a ceiling. Um, Before we move on to uh, our next topic, which is Deion Sanders getting himself into some hot water, which it's an older statement, but we'll get into it after right after this. Um, Here we go. It's the midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, I know I had the Lakers beating the Mavericks the other day. That was kind of like my little money line action that I thought was going to happen. Um, the Lakers have a very favorable schedule um, looking ahead. Jared Vanderbilt's going off. And I think with LeBron James being out, they might have some some odds that may go their way in the coming weeks, especially against these weaker teams. Okay, so FanDuel, they even do this cool thing where they let you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, this next topic, I do want to tread lightly because it is a very controversial topic. Um, and actually, it was a statement made the week of the Super Bowl. So I want to say a couple weeks ago now, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, Deion Sanders was making his way around Media Row, and he joined the Rich Eisen show, which him and Rich Eisen, Rich Eisen have a lot of history together. They worked, um, they worked as NFL analysts together, and they were asking Dion about expectations for Colorado, 
um, when he was going to turn it around, how much he liked Boulder. And Dion was telling all his great stories. And then they got on the subject of recruiting. And this is where people have become a little frustrated. And I think I think when I say a little, I'm obviously being facetious. It has been quite the, the storyline the past couple of days. Um, he was talking about what he looks for in recruits. And so when he was talking about recruiting, recruiting quarterbacks, he says he recruits quarterbacks with a high GPA who are from a dual parent home and looks for a single mama household when he recruits for a defense alignment. So, and this is, this is word for word what he said. Well, we have different attributes, smart, tough, disciplined with character. Now quarterbacks are different. We want mother, father, dual parent. We want the kid to be a 3.5 GPA and up because he has to be smart, not bad decisions off the field because he has to be a leader of men. Okay. The leader of men part. Sure. The GPA part. Fine. I mean, you want your quarterback to be smart and good in the classroom and you think that helps translate. Okay. That that's having a specific recruiting type. But then once he got to defense alignment and offense alignment, it seemed a little more stereotypical based on the trends of, of what he was trying to hint that college football is, has gone to, or just football in general. Um, he said, and I quote defense alignment is totally opposite. Single mama trying to get it. He's on free lunch. I'm just talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama like mama barely made the flight. And I just want him to go out. I just want him to just go get it. It's a whole different attribute that you look for in a different positions. And we have that when we have that stuff just chronicled, we know what we want and we go get it. Um, so, yeah, I think. I mean, first of all, we knew Deion Sanders was going to say some things and be unapolog- unapologetically himself. Um, Marcus Spears from ESPN has come back, come at him and say that's not appropriate. A lot of people have come at him and say it said it's not appropriate. And I think um, honestly, I don't know why he felt the need to say that. Uh, I think he could have just kept it like, you know, we're looking for guys with good character. We're looking for guys that are hungry. Um, I think it's the specifics that people are upset about. Um, the specifics of that parent household issue, just because um, it's predominantly um, stereotypical towards African-American families. Um, it's kind of what people are. I mean, that is what people are getting upset about. And I think as someone who was actually just voted the most influ- influential black man in college football, literally like yesterday or the day before, um, I think that's something he probably should have thought about more before saying. I don't think, uh, and obviously when he said it, the whole cast of Rich Eisen was laughing. And I think he kind of meant it in a, a playful, jokingly manner, but I definitely don't think it was the right way to go. And so we'll kind of see if he responds to that um, in the coming days because it made its way through the news cycle, obviously, when he said it. And then it kind of fizzled out. People were just kind of like, okay, it's just Dion being Dion. And now it's picked up wind again. And so I brought it up just because I want to be able to kind of track where it goes along with you guys. Um, I don't know if he's going to issue an apology or if he's going to double down on it. But I do think that at that time, or just in general, that's not something that I personally would want to say. <laughs> um, just because it's kind of adhering to stereotypical um, culture, I guess you could say. Um, but Deion Sanders is someone who, again, will unapologetic, unapologetically be himself. Um, and before I continue, I also want to make sure that you guys go check out. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen of the day. Um, we got everything from recruiting coverage, insider knowledge. We got breaking news, breaking stories, everything you got right here. On, so this should be your first listen of the day. But make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so back to Dion. Excuse me. Uh, 
again, unapologetically himself. And I think we he kind of set the 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 tone for this when he was meeting uh, the team from last year, essentially, because a lot of them left. And he told them to pack their bags. Um, he's bringing his own, and it's Louis. I think that was him hinting that, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to be myself. I don't care what anyone says. And obviously, he doesn't care. There's a documentary about how not how, but his whole Jackson state journey. And now there's going to be a documentary or a docu series, if you will. And there's clips released very frequently about his journey at Colorado. And so he's someone who knows the cameras on him at all times. And I think he's someone that whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, he means what he says. Um, I know I was watching or listening to another podcast where last chance used coach Jason Brown was discussing his comments and he was saying that people get upset, but this is kind of the mindset of college football. And so I think, while Deion Sanders should not be the one to say it, and really no one should be to say want should be the ones to say it. I think it's kind of unfortunate that there's kind of a developing just keeping the stereotypicalness of college football or just football in general alive. And I think Deion Sanders may have again, I think he said it jokingly because they all were laughing. He was kind of like chuckling and he has this persona to him where it's like sometimes you don't want to take everything he says seriously, but he also speaks a lot of hyperbole. And I don't know if this is one of those instances or if this was just truly what he meant, but it's definitely something that I personally do not condone. But hey, Deion Sanders is the head coach of a Power 5 program. Um, they know what they signed up for when they hired him. He's a great guy for the most part. Um, he's never had any issues, character issues or anything in terms of at the coaching ranks. I just think that this is just a prime example of prime being prime. And so we'll continue to monitor that going forward. And again, not the right thing to say. Don't think it was appropriate to say, but it's Deion Sanders. And so I guess we'll find out if there's any repercussions or if there's any apologies moving forward. Moving on, we have, and this, I talked about this on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. They had me on the other day. Um, very good episode. You guys should go check it out. Um, we talked about, because conference realignment rumors are swirling again. They're swirling like the painting on my shirt, if you will. Um, they're just all over the place. What you need to know is the Pac-12 really hasn't, been able to navigate and secure a deal that they would hope for their media rights search has not been going as planned and i think people are starting to believe that one the pac-12 is either not going to make it or two programs within the pac-12 aka colorado aka in arizona arizona state utah oregon washington whoever it may be uh, i think people are starting to get the feeling that programs might be looking elsewhere again because this was a thing when the news first broke that USC and UCLA were leaving programs were looking elsewhere. They were checking in with the big 10, like, Hey, what do you think about us? You know, we're kind of cool too. We're, we're over here on the West coast. We got the, excuse me, we got uncle Phil's money. We got the Seattle market over here. Stanford's like, we got the Bay area market, but people are kind of, and pe by people, I mean, all of the fans, all of the analysts, um, they're kind of speculating again. They're kind of reaching back for those rumors where it's like, oh, okay, are we are we doing this again? Is, is this happening again? And I just want to talk about one, we won't know the Pac-12's like future plans until they get a TV deal or a media rights deal, not TV, because it's going to be streaming. Until they get a media rights deal, pen to paper, everybody's signed, everything's agreed upon. Um, and we're not going to know until that happens. I think one thing for sure is that the realignment and expansion space on Twitter has become a very heated and toxic place to be. And so there's a lot of analysts who some are in the know, some are in the not in the know, who knows, who knows what, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people knowing things. I'm just going to say as the public, 
we will not know the final answer until it is all said and done. People might have tips or leaks about certain things, but as we saw, the ion thing was reported by two major sites, and one of them said it's true, the other one said it's didn't, it wasn't, excuse me. And then Apple, some people said Apple's a player, other people are saying Apple's not a player. So again, we'll just have to learn as we go, I guess. Um, but a lot of these rumors have been pertaining to Colorado and a lot of the rumors about Colorado specifically have them going back, reuniting with the big 12. Um, they were once in the big 12, I believe until 2011 at the top of my head is what I'm thinking about. And I, I joined the big 12 podcast on um, the locked on big 12 podcast to talk about if it was a good move for Colorado, what the fans want and what Colorado brings to the table. Good move wise. Um, I think Deion Sanders being at Colorado at, is came at the perfect time. Um, there's no way to sugarcoat it. The buffs kind of were lost in their ways. And who knows if if there's a different coach if Colorado is as attractive. Obviously, in its attractive location. Um, they're in the mountain time zone, so another time zone for whatever conference they may be. Um, but having Deion Sanders as the face of your program does not hurt the optics um, TV-wise. Two, what do the fans want? Um, the fan thing is kind of interesting because when I talk about realignment, um, whether it's writing or even on here on locked on buffs, you guys are kind of hit or miss. I feel like most fans I, at this current state, I think most fans are kind of over the Pac 12, which is understandable in terms of the Pac 12 not only had the advantage um, this past year, where like not USC, UCLA go before that. When Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 or announced they're leaving the Big 12, the Pac 12 had big school, big excuse me, the Pac-12 had Big 12 schools reaching out, begging, pleading, let us in your conference, let us in your conference. We we don't know what our future is. And this is obviously a, a chestnut checkers kind of move from USC's president. Um, she kind of was like, no, we don't need them. You know, let's forget them. It's fine. And then they obviously w- kind of played their little game of checkmate, checkers, whatever you want to call it, and left the Pac-12. Then the Big 12, who at one point, had programs begging to join the Pac-12, added four programs in Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, um, who am I forgetting? And Houston, there it is. I knew I was missing somebody. Um, They added those four schools. And so the Pac-12 kind of fell behind again, even though they had the advantage. And then not only did the Big 12 add teams quicker than the Pac-12 was even able to begin this process, they also jumped them in line in the media rights deal because in their media rights negotiations because their contract wasn't set to expire for another couple of years. Whereas the Pac-12 has, I believe, one year. Um, it's up this next year, I believe. And the Big 12 just said, not only are we not going to let you poach our teams, we're going to add programs, and we're going to take away the TV, the media rights deal that you could have gotten maybe. Who knows what the Pac-12 would have gotten in a perfect world where the Big 12 doesn't jump them in line. But now we'll never know because the Big 12 beat them to the punch. And so I think, and this all goes back to a fellow by the name of Larry Scott, the former Pac-12 commissioner. And I joked about this on the Big 12, the Locked on Big 12 podcast. It's not very common for the average college football fan to know who the commissioner is of their conference. Um, I would say most fans, they know their program, they know their rivals, they know kind of the main storylines. But for someone who's an average to casual, I guess you could say college football fan to know Larry Scott, because that's the old PAC 12 commissioner who kind of got the PAC 12 into this predicament that they're currently in. That's unreal. That is 
pretty crazy to think about because the one who knows who the commissioners are. I mean, I, I obviously know the commissioners cause I'm, I'm paid to do so not know them, but I'm paid to write about the sport. So I have to know them, but most fans, they don't, they don't give a rats, whatever about who's the commissioner. The fact that so many people know Larry Scott shows how badly it was handled. And so all of this to say, I think Colorado fans in particular, one, I don't think they'd be mad at a big 12 reunion. The big 12 is up for grabs in terms of, who the face of the conference is. Um, you could say TCU, Oklahoma State. I guess I don't even know who else would be considered the face. Um, Baylor? No? I see there's just not a clear-cut favorite. There's not a clear face. Like There's not a brand where it's like, that is the face of the Big 12. Like That was Texas. That was Oklahoma. They lost that. So Colorado with Deion Sanders, I'm saying, because obviously Colorado with Carl Durrell, not the same as Colorado with Deion Sanders. Colorado with Deion Sanders has been trending on Twitter pretty much every week. At least once a week, there's something trending about Colorado. Um, Colorado with Deion Sanders is going to have their spring game televised on ESPN. Um, They're selling out their spring game or they're they're breaking records. They might eventually sell it out. Last time I saw, they were about to surpass the threshold for the last seven spring games combined. Either way. Colorado offers a program that could be the face of the Big 12. I think that entices the fans of Colorado. Two, there's certainty. Um, I think even if the Pac-12 gets a deal done within, whether it's the next few weeks, next month or so, I don't know, um, I still think there's going to be uncertainty. I think it's just going to be a a Band-Aid over a leak type of situation where it's like, we stopped the leak, but it'll probably leak again but we stopped it for now. And so I feel like there's just never going to be a sense of ease, um, not only in Colorado, but just other Pac-12 programs. And one, or one, got to count, learning how to count hard. I got one, two, three. Here we go, three. Um, Fans enjoyed, I think, I think they enjoyed those rivalries in the Big 12 a little bit more. Um, I just don't feel like Colorado fans feel like they have a rival in the Pac-12. And I could be misguided here, but I just feel like the more I read the comment section of you guys, which I appreciate all your comments and stuff, all your nice words and questions, which if you guys ask enough questions, we'll do a mailbag question, mailbag episode. Uh, I think Colorado fans just wish they never left the Big 12 is kind of the vibe I've gotten. I could be wrong and I could be just speaking on the few, but that's the vibe I've gotten. Um, Colorado left the Big 12 for greener pastures, which the Pac-12 turned out to be Maybe at one point greener pastures, but now it's a little confusing. Um, so it's a little difficult to say. I think the fans like the Big 12. The Big 12 obviously doesn't have a face of the of the conference. I think in the Pac-12, it's always going to be Oregon or Washington. Um, say Stanford as well, too, if they could turn things around. Um, those programs just kind of stand out as the face of the Pac-12. And so if Colorado were to leave, um, they're not only bringing arguably one of the the hottest, if not the hottest programs in the country in terms of followers, social media interactions, um, overall attention. They bring that to the Big 12. Deion Sanders comes to the Big 12. That's a that's a coaching personality that everyone wants to follow. And so that's the plus for the Big 12 because right now I would say the most entertaining Big 12 coach would be Mike Gundy. Um, that I could think of. Let me go through, run through the list here. And I guess Gus Malzahn at UCF. He's new though. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, Deion Sanders, Colorado instantly become the face of the Big 12. Um, they also make some money. And I think the, the consequence of the Pac-12 waiting so long is too, is that a lot of their games are going to be streaming. So it's going to be difficult to kind of 
and decide who's on what um, streaming or TV. And so I think that'll be an interesting thing to note. Um, before we finish this episode too, I just want to make sure that I want to thank you guys for making Lock on Buffs your first listen of the day. Make sure to join us every day. We'll have recruiting tips, um, insider information. We have huge stories, huge debates, huge comparisons about anything and everything in between. But yeah, um, back to Colorado to the, the Big 12. Um, I think we need to wait a month. Um, I'm not saying that it's going to happen in a month, but I feel like the Pac-12 is one. I think the Ion deal was kind of like a a feeler to see what people, how people would respond to that. Obviously it wasn't responded to well. Um, I think the PAC 12 is nearing a deal. At least I hope for the sake of the conference they are. Um, I think we got to give it a month or so to really discuss what Colorado will add to the big 12 and what their future is, because obviously we don't know if the PAC, which way the PAC 12 is leaning left or right. And so it all depends on the PAC 12, but just know if you're a Colorado fan, your, your program's in good hands. You got Deion Sanders, who, despite his troublesome comments, um, he's always going to be trending. He's always going to be attracting top recruits, top transfers. Um, you got him, and so someone's going to want him, whether it's the, the Big 12, the Pac-12 that stays together, whatever. Colorado should be safe. You got a good market, good program, up-and-coming program, I mean. I mean, they were good at one point, I guess you could say, but up-and-coming up and program that's rebuilding right now. And then you got prime time. So a lot of things working in your favor. Um, thank you guys for listening, of course. Thank you for making Locked On Buffs your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Schott and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We here at Locked On Buffs are also available wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in every day, leaving your comments. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us, comment, like, give us five stars, whatever the rating is for your whatever you're listening or watching on. Make sure to do it. We appreciate you, and we will see you guys tomorrow.